What's going on, guys? This is the fourth episode of the College Football Degenerates Podcast. I'd like to start this podcast by saying, if you listened to our last episode, we had plans for a couple more episodes before the season started, you know, to preview the other conferences beside the SEC. But, you know, as we talked about in the last episode, Michael just moved to college. Things have gotten a little bit crazy. We're back on our schedule, though. We're going to be putting out hopefully two episodes a week, definitely one, especially recapping the previous Saturday. But the point is we're here today. We got we got some good stuff planned. Michael, how you feeling today? Uh, I'm feeling good. Uh, we just got done with week zero, and week one is just a few days away. Yeah, um, it, it was exciting to watch watch some football there wasn't i wouldn't say the quality of games was great however that hawaii vanderbilt game that was exciting yeah you want to start on our our thoughts about week zero because uh if y'all follow the twitter i did uh have a few tweets on my thoughts um and i know some of y'all uh are not following the Twitter, so I will say it here. But make sure you follow it at College Football Degenerates and on Instagram and TikTok, where we're going to be posting more often. Uh, but so, what did I say? Here's my takeaways uh, USC's offense is either really good or their de- and their defense is still really. <laughs> I mean, like Caleb Williams is probably the favorite now again to win the Heisman, and Zachary Branch, true freshman, he looked really. Um, but their defense, I man, I mean, it looked like they didn't want to be out there. Uh, I yeah. mean, Bear Alexander, he was a transfer from G- Georgia. And I hated to see him because I thought he was probably the best defensive player on the line this season. And he just didn't look that good, and it was really weird. Um, so, yeah, do you have any other thoughts on that USC game? Well, before I even get into the actual game itself... um. Michael, I haven't told you this yet because I wanted to wait for the show. But to all the listeners out there, this is the first. It will not be anywhere close to the last. But I had my first bad betting beat of the season. I cooked up two prize picks entries. They were each three picks. They were involving Sam Hartman's passing yards and some receivers. Both them hit going into this game. My most confident prop was Caleb Williams, over 305 passing yards. The game started slow. I started to get worried. He started to heat up. The game stayed close. I was like, there should be a chance. And he finished with 278, which once Mm. again is the reason that no one should bet on week zero. But more importantly, my takeaways from the game, I think USC really struggled in the first half. However... I I heard someone say this, and I kind of agree with it. If you watch the game, they were putting a lot of different players in, putting a lot of different sets in. I think they kind of viewed this as a scrimmage. They were trying to just get some defensive feels. I'm not as hard on them as other people are. Um, I think they're going to be just fine defensively if the offense plays that well. What I more want to talk about is we might have Tavon Austin 2.0. And I don't want to go crazy and, and officially say that right now but Zachariah Branch is the real deal considering he's, he's a, considering he's a freshman I mean just the way he was on that kick return I mean you know win or, win or lose the Pac-12 this year this USC team's exciting whoever watched that play when Caleb Williams fumbled and threw that ball I got the notification on my phone of what happened because for those that didn't know it was on the Pac-12 network, so unless you were watching it illegally, you probably weren't watching the game. 
and I couldn't figure out a way to watch it to the second half. So I got the notification. Caleb Williams fumbles and then throws a 76-yard touchdown pass. So, of course, I think he dumps it off. Once it gets uploaded to Instagram, I see Caleb Williams throw the ball 50 yards down a field with basically, I mean, no wind-up whatsoever. The man's an animal. Um, you know, and then I guess the other slight thing, I think Notre Dame looked really good. Marcus Freeman had his struggles last year coaching, and I think the way he had them prepared, because here's the thing, playing a bad team or not, which again, Navy is a bad team, very one-dimensional, they threw three passes. All that to say, you can play against air, and your team can still struggle getting set up offensively and defensively. I really like the way Notre Dame was out there, Marcus Freeman did a great job, and those Ohio State and USC games for Notre Dame, I think they could win one of those. I'm not going to say which one right now, but I think they could win one of those. But um, but yeah, I think we can both agree. Week zero was great. And yeah. um, uh, yeah. hold on, a little bit of one nutter. Uh, what I said on Twitter, uh, Notre's Dame, their offense m- might be elite, or just Navy is bad. But Navy wasn't very good last year, and they gave Notre Dame some problems. Well, here's the, thing. Um, here's the thing that scares me about Notre Dame, though. Like, for people that are thinking, can they win those big games versus Ohio State and USC this year? They didn't even really lean on Sam Hartman that game. And hear me out. No. Three or no, four no. touchdowns. He only threw the ball, like, 25 times. They were trying to pound the rock. Imagine a game where they got to rely on him. I think Sam Hartman could be a Heisman hopeful. I think that team could go a long way. And I also do find it funny that they're not in the ACC but they have, like, six ACC opponents, even though they're only yeah. required four. Kind of weird. But um, but moving on to our first segment, me and Michael each have our long-awaited for preseason top 25. And even better about that, me and Michael talked about it. And, of course, we had to do it. We are going to come out with an updated top 25 every single episode that we come out with yep. on Mondays. So. Michael, how about how you give us 25? Who, who do you have at 25 this year? Um, I have Ole Miss. Um, okay. I think they're a good team. Uh, Quid Sean Junkin is really talented. Uh, there's a lot of questions on that quarterback room. Um, there's a lot of talent there, but no one's really seemed to pull away, in my opinion. Uh, I have to see who it is. Um, but yeah, Ole Miss at 20. Uh, they're a talented team, but they also got a really tough schedule too. So I don't know where they're going to finish, but I have them starting at 25. You know, for some of those reasons, the tough schedule, the unknown quarterback play, Duncan's is obviously unbelievable. But just considering the talent depth this year, I didn't even have them in my top 25, shockingly enough. That's fair. Number 25 for me is Texas A&M. Before anyone goes crazy, all right, I think the, the AP poll has them. 19 or 20, something like that. Texas A&M has the roster to be a top 15 team this year, dare I say. Yeah. They have the offense. They have the defense. And I can't believe I have to say this about this person, but... It's going to come down to coaching this year. Jimbo Fisher is coaching for his job this year, at least at Texas A&M. I think he's going to do a great job, but I'm very skeptical after some losses that they had last year that were really bad. So um, the talents there, the coaching, I don't know about. So for those reasons, I'm put Texas A&M at 25. Michael, um, let's move to 24. Who do you have there? Uh, I have... South Carolina. I think they're a talented team. I like Spencer Rattler. I like... um, They got some really talented people in the receiving room. I mean, I've talked about Nicole Harbour, true freshman, who very well could have been playing the edge slum. So to see him going crazy is... uh, 
would be very big for South Carolina. Uh, he is a difference maker. No, oh, yeah, I think. Uh, uh, I think so who do you have at twenty four? Um, for me, I have Tulane. I think off of borderline, probably the best year in the school's history when it comes to football. Um, yeah, Tulane has a lot to be happy about. Yeah, um, I think one game people are overlooking week two, just with how good the Alabama game is versus Texas. Tulane versus Ole Miss week two is going to be an outstanding game. Um, yeah, I would definitely tune into that one. I think Tulane's going to get some great returning quarterback play. I think they're coached really well, and um, I think they're I think they're bound to have another good year. Um, I'm actually going to move on to my twenty third. Michael, you've hit on them. I thought, I'm really sad because I thought this was going to be my hot take because they weren't in the AP or coaches poll, but I have South Carolina at 23. Mm-hmm. I think this team is, there's a lot to like and there's a lot to dislike. And I say that in the fact that you really never know what you're going to get from this team, especially Spencer Rattler. But I got to look at their upside, especially the way they ended the season. I I think I think that North Carolina game they might end up stealing, but um, but yeah, big things ahead. Shane Beamer, Spencer Rattler, big year. Um, but yeah, two I have at twenty three. Michael, um, who do you got in that spot? Uh, at twenty three, I have uh Oklahoma. I think Oklahoma is a talented team, and Dylan Gabriel is a really good quarterback. Um, I think they made some decent transfer moves, but I can't put them any further till I see it. You know, their defense really wasn't that good, despite it being what would we thought would be um an improvement under all. Can't believe I'm forgetting his name now. Mister Mister Brent Venables. Yeah. Thank you. Sorry about that. Uh, yeah, Brent Venables, who focuses on the defense. Obviously, there was going to be a limit to how good they were going to be, considering the fact that, you know, the defense beforehand under Lincoln Riley was bad, but I didn't think it was going to get worse. And that's what it seemed to do. But I have high hopes for this Oklahoma team, and I think they will do well. Uh, so that's my 23. Uh, at 22, I have uh, North Carolina. Um, their defense is what holds them back. Uh, when you have Drake May, your ceiling is obviously, your ceiling and floor are higher than what you'd be without him because he is truly a difference maker at quarterback. Uh, generational arm talent. I mean, he can make some big uh, runs as well. Uh, so, yeah, he, he's a really good quarterback, obviously. But the question will be, um, does he have the receiving talent around him? And does he have the uh, defense to step up to be enough for them to win games? I think that'll be a big thing. Um, and speaking of their receiving room, this is one thing. That's kind of bothering me, and it's came out kind of since our last episode, which has been a while. Isn't it? Are you guys uh, talking about? Isn't there like a receiver that hasn't cleared to play? Not yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Quintus, what was his name? Um, I think he was. He transferred from um, Kent State. He was really yeah, good yeah, at Kent yeah. State. Uh, Devonta. I think his name was Devonta Walker. Um. Yeah, Devontae Walker. This was a terrible situation. Uh, you know, you look at it, and he barely even, he didn't really play any at, like, the other places. And with COVID and all this stuff. And he goes to Kent State, and he does well. And then he wants to transfer to North Carolina because I believe he had, like, an illness in a family, and he wanted to be closer. I think it was his grandma, I believe. And they said they approved it and then denied it because of the new rulings. 
that you can't do it, which makes is so stupid. How can you hold someone to a ruling, you know, retroactively that was Man. not in place beforehand? Yeah. It's and crazy. what makes it worse is that uh, now the ruling with Mason Smith, the defensive lineman at LSU, who is going to be suspended the Florida State game because in 2021 he gave an autograph um, that was at the time was not allowed, but now is allowed. But he gets it doesn't make sense. I know that it's a little two faced right there. You know? Yeah, I don't know, but I think UNC will be good. I hope the NCA does uh, Devontae Walker right. He's a talented guy and he deserves to play. I agree. Uh, so yeah, who's your number twenty-two? Moving on to my twenty-two, um, I don't even think this is a bull take. I actually think the AP poll had them as a bull take. I have TCU at twenty-two. Huh. I think if you really go back now, again, I don't want to take anything away from you. The fact that they even made the national championship last year is one of, if not the biggest Cinderella ever in sports, not just college football. However, um, they they won so many one-score games, so many close games. It came down to discipline, came down to coaching. Yes, that's returning, even without the offensive coordinator. But what it really came down to is Max Duggan. And I'm forgetting his name. Is, is it Quentin Johnston? It's Quentin Johnston, right? Yeah. And then um, Kendrick Miller. Yeah. Um, and those games would not have been won without those players. And you can't just make up that production. I know they're probably going to be returning some guys. But, um, yeah, I just I don't think TCU. I think they're going to have a 3-4 to four loss year, actually. And, actually. Well, I mean, 8-4 and four or 9-3 and three for TCU is a really good year. No, no, no. It's a good year. I'm just saying there's no way they're going to replicate anywhere close oh, to no. what they did last year. And I think they're going to drop some games. Um, yeah. and I would not be surprised if they extremely struggled with Colorado week one, just considering uh, everything that Colorado uh, no. has. What'd you say? No, no, no. Oh, are you, are you, are you, are you doubting prime TCU, time? TCU minus 20 and a half is a bet that I'm probably going to play. I think they're minus 30 right now. It's, it's 20 and a half. Did they get moved to 20? Yeah, well, I know 20 preseason it was So you're probably going to place that bet? I'm most likely. How about um? How about it's up there with case. plays that I like. How about and we'll talk about some. Dude says you're wrong. I bet. All right, all right. Well, um, aside from that, moving on to number twenty-one, a team I'm extremely high on, and I'm glad they finally have a competent quarterback this year. God willing, he's healthy enough to start week one. I have the Iowa Hawkeyes. I think Iowa, ever since I've watched college football, has had borderline a top 10 defense, most years top five, and they've had one of the worst, not even power five, just one of the worst offenses I've ever had to watch. I mean, Spencer Petrus, if you have to have his four-year career play out, you know you can't get a good quarterback in. I think Cade McNamara has a chip on his shoulder, and I think that pair with this defense, they just need to have moderate to above average quarterbacking, which I think Kid McDamere perfectly fits that. So, yeah. I have Iowa at 21. Michael, who do you have in your 21 slot? Yeah. Oh, I don't have Iowa on my list. I just think... Really? Uh, yeah, Brian Ferentz still being the OC uh, makes me nervous. They're a great defense, obviously, but, I mean, they're going to be... I don't. I have to see the offense before it. If they go out in week one and they actually look decent, then okay, then we can talk. But I think that's big. Uh, at twenty-one, I have uh, Tulane. Okay. Uh, I guess I'm a little higher than him. Uh, I had Michael Pratt on my top ten quarterbacks list. Uh, he's extremely talented, um, and outside of uh, Ty J Spears. Uh, the running back, they're bringing back a lot. Uh, and Ty J Spears now was their best player, so it's going to bring them down a little bit. But I think they're still going to do well. 
their head coach, uh, what's his name? Willie Fritz, I believe. Um, yeah. He, I mean, he had the Georgia Tech job, but he declined them because uh, he wanted to coach the bowl game where he got that insane win against USC. That was um, crazy. But funny enough, despite me being high on Tulane, I think they start off the the season real uh, tough. Uh, they play South Alabama, who is one of the best group of five teams in the nation, up there with a Tulane. I think that could be an upset potential. It's going to be a really, really? good game. I think it's going to be a good game, but I, I I didn't even think about it being an upset just because of how confident I am in Tulane. I mean, I'm right there with South Alabama. Like okay. I, South Alabama was like one of my last teams that I had to leave off. They were really good. They were really good last year. I mean, and this year, I think they're going to be good as well. And then, as we talked about, Tulane versus Ole Miss, which is going to be a real interesting game. But yeah, Tulane, uh, 21. At 20, I have Wisconsin. Okay. Um, You know, Wisconsin football is in a very interesting place right now. You know, everyone knows them for, you know, just, you know, running the ball up the middle, you know, just pounding, boom, 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 good defenses and run it 50, 60 times a game, or, um, yeah. you know, and not having much of a quarterback room. But, and they're going to, to a degree, definitely have that. I mean, Brayon Allen is their best player and one of the best players in the Big Ten. Uh, but when you look at them, now with Luke Fickle talking about it, and their new offensive coordinator hire, Phil Longo from North Carolina, that is a total opposite of what you think of with Wisconsin football. You don't think an air raid like what Phil Longo ran at North Carolina. You think of running the ball. So it's going to be very interesting I think a lot of their success will have to be on the shoulders of Tanner Mordecai. Yeah, uh, he was I the think transfer. Braylon has to have a big year, though. Once again, he yeah. Had... Did he get Obviously. first last year? I don't. I'm not sure, but I don't know. He had a lackluster year, but continue though. Um, but yeah, Tanner Mordecai. He's kind of bounced around a lot, but he was real good at SMU um, recently, and he's now going to be. At Wisconsin, if he can show out, Wisconsin will be good. I mean, their defense is going to be there. Uh, their running room is going to be there. If the passing game's there, I think Wisconsin has a good chance of uh, making it to the Big Ten championship game. I could see it. I could see it. All right. Uh, so who's your number 20? My number 20. People might be shocked to have them. You know, not a little bit lower on the list. But... I have Oregon State. Mm. I think DJ Uyongale is going to have a great year. Much better than he had with the offense at Clemson. However, I have to see it to believe it. I do agree that a lot of it was offensive coordinator issues, but he still has to show out this year. And while I think Oregon State is one of the best coach teams in college football, I mean, they won some games last year, like the Orkin game, based off of great coaching. I think they're going to have a really good year. But I have to see the quarterback play. So for those reasons, I have Oregon State at 20 this year. And, um, yeah, moving on to 19. This is where I have Oklahoma on my list. I think a lot of people are undervaluing how good Dylan Gabriel really is. He was hurt for a couple games that they dropped last year. I think mm-hmm. this is a Brent Venables legacy year. You know, he showed what he can do at Clemson for many years. Last year, his identity was ran all over, the defense being that bad. I think he has his kids ready, and I think they're going to have a really good year in the Big 12, and I have them as an outside shot to win the Big 12. I don't think they will. But looking at teams in the Big 12, kind of in that Texas Tech, Kansas State type of range, I think Oklahoma could really do some damage in the Big 12. Uh, Michael, who do you have in that 19th spot? Uh, at 19, a team that you just talked about, I have Oregon State. Uh, yeah, a lot of it will determine 
their success will be because of DJ U only. Uh, I think he will fit really well in this Oregon State team. Uh, they were really good at running the ball. Uh, and I think they're going to be really good at running it this year. And DJ Uonle was a really good rusher. I think he provides a dynamic element to that rushing attack. Uh, I think really, though, the thing with Oregon State is their offensive line. It is nasty. It's one of the best offensive lines in the nation. And no one talks about it because it's Oregon State. But, I mean, you look at it. Uh, they got Redshirt Jr., Redshirt Sr., Redshirt Sr., Redshirt Jr., and a junior. These are all players who have played a lot of college football, for the most part, and have a lot of experience. And that matters on the offensive line, and they're all big, you know? I mean, so I think Oregon State will have a good year. I think uh, if DJ goes and shows out, like I think he can, uh, I think this 19 spot might be even a little low. Uh, but yeah. Uh, Oregon State at 19. At 18, I have TCU. Um, they seem to be quite divisive now. Um, and I understand why. Maybe, I mean, you know, obviously their run that they made last year was a bit of a fluky. In the sense that it's, well, I mean, it was unexpected. And they had some games that were very close that they won. But it's the old saying, uh, good teams find ways to win, bad teams find ways to lose. And TCU found ways to win. Uh, now, they don't have Duggan Duggan, Max Duggan. They don't have Quinn Johnston, and they don't have Keandre Miller. They still, however, have Chandler Morris. But people forget, Chandler Morris was the starter. Not Max Duggan. Chandler Morris got hurt, and then they put Max Stug in it. So, we get to see him again. Uh, they had some solid transfer people. Uh, JoJo Early is a talented receiver at Alabama who just, you know, wasn't as productive there as he needed to be. Um, Tommy Brockmeyer was a talented offensive tackle prospect who just never really played. And a guy that I really like, and Trey Sanders who at one point in time was the best running back in the nation in his recruiting class, he, he just couldn't stay healthy. He got into a car accident, and after that, he just kept on being hurt. But I think Trey Sanders is, still has some talent. I am cheering for Trey Sanders. I hope he goes out and has a good year. Uh, so, yeah, uh, that's where I have TCU at 18. Also, right. Sonny Dykes is really talented, too. He's oh, a 100%. Coach. Great coach. You know, I feel like he's going to end up throwing the ball once we see that Chandler Morris cannot. Yeah, I'm not a Chandler Morris fan whatsoever. But moving on to my 18, I have them a little bit higher than you. I have North Carolina. Um, well, I do agree. The defense is awful. I think that Drake May is generational. I think even though I have them at 18 preseason, I think North Carolina is going to ruin one of the best quarterbacks that will ever come through their franchise's career. Or I guess like they're just going to kind of have wasted his time at the university. Um, The loss of Josh Downs is huge. He was big for Drake May, especially if um, that wide receiver cannot get cleared by the NCAA to play. Um, but there's a lot to like with this team. Yeah. The offense is just electric. It's going to be fun to watch. The defense, even if they're just a little bit better, it's going to help them a lot in games. Like I said, that South Carolina game is going to be crazy. Um, I think there's good things to come for them this year. But um, oh, moving another on. Thing oh, that, another line that I really like, the North Carolina-South uh, Carolina game, the over is it like sixty four and a half? Ooh, I think that's both teams hit. might. I think both teams might score over forty points. Yeah, I, I mean, can see that game ending. Well, I, I could also see like a thirty eight thirty five ending, but I still see it going over. I think that's pretty low. Yeah, 
Um, it, I mean, it's going to be a great game. Oh, 100%. Um, moving on to my 17 slot, I have Wisconsin. Um, I think people are undervaluing the signing of Luke Fickle. I think what he did for a market like Cincinnati is crazy. I mean, Cincinnati's on no one's radar this year, and I'm not even saying that's all Luke Fickle, but he definitely put them on the map. Um, and I think he's going to put Wisconsin back on the map. I think he's going to bring some consistency back to this team. I think Tanner Mordecai is going to have a pretty good year. I think Braylon Allen could be and could have a top five finish this year when it comes to running backs. And um, I think they have a very favorable, too favorable schedule, but they could easily win that side of the Big Ten. That side of the Big Ten has and will stay weak. So, um, yeah, I like Wisconsin at 17. Michael, who do you have in that spot? Uh, at 17, I have the team that I've been preaching about all summer long. It's the Texas Tech Red Raiders. No, you didn't. No, you, you didn't. Mean, no, you didn't. No. I've been telling you for a long time how good they are. When Tyler Shaw, I think that's his name. I don't know. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. One. You need to know is he's talented. And when he's out there, they win games. 6-0 when he started last season. I mean, you can't ask for any better. The only thing you can ask for uh, is for him to be healthy. And I think that's going to be a big... um, determiner for their success. If he is healthy, this team is going to do really well. Um, I'm going to talk about Texas Tech later on, but I think what Joey McGuire has building uh, in Lubbock, Texas, is something special. Um, not to mention another guy that I like, Jalen Hutchins, on the defensive line. He got named to uh, all Big 12 uh, first team preseason. Uh, he is special. He's a big dude. Going to make some plays. Uh, and they got some other guys out there who are, are really talented. Uh, Jaran Branley, the receiver out there. Uh, he's nasty. Todd Brooks and Jonathan Brooks. Uh, well, no, excuse me, not Jonathan. Todd Brooks, excuse me. Yeah. Uh, he's really talented as well. Um, so, yeah, I think this. Texas Tech team has a lot of talent. I mean, so yeah, I think they're going to be really good. And if you didn't take the Texas Tech over win total, what were you doing? I said it so many times. It's a great, great bet. But yeah, I have them at 17. At 16, I have Kansas State. Um... You know, Kansas State has been kind of the model of success under Chris Kleinman. Um, it doesn't matter, you know, what's there. Um, they have been good. And Will Howard, the quarterback there, when he played, he was good. You know, because Adrian Martinez got hurt and Will Howard came in and played just as good. I mean... I think he's going to have a great... Yeah. At times, he was better, yeah. Um, It was was crazy. So, the thing is with Kansas State, they are losing Deuce Vaughn, who was a big part of that team. And I think they'll bounce back but that does impact my ranking a little bit. But I think Kansas State will still be really good. Uh, Chris Kleinman, as, as I was saying, was, has built an elite program. And I, I'm surprised that some big team, you know, hasn't gone out and got him, you know. To be their head coach, you know, some team that has more resources. Yeah, but yeah, Kansas State at sixteen, 
All right, what about you? Um, For my 16 spot, I also have State for a lot of the same reasons as you. I think nice. last year was great year for Kansas State. I think the poise that Will Howard showed in that Big 12 championship game gives me no doubt to be able to take the reins on this team this year and do some damage. I think the Big 12 kind of has a Pac-12 vibe a little bit, just that I feel like so many of those conference games are hard for teams to stay undefeated through. However, I think Kansas State is going to win a lot of those games, and I think they're going to have a really great year. Um, I'm going to harp on them too much because you already harped on what I was going to say. But, um, <laughs> yeah, moving on to 15, it might be a hot take having this high up. I know some people are very high on this team. I mean, my favorite podcast to listen to, besides this one, obviously, is Josh Pate Show. And he has Oregon going to the college football playoff. I personally do not have that. I actually have Oregon at number 15. I think the quarterback plays obviously there. Bo Nix is insane. I think he's going to be in for a great year. But you cannot deny the level of competition in the Pac-12 this year. And you saw no, you last can't. year that Oregon could not win some of those big games. They just could not get it done. And losing games last year like they did to Oregon State. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I, did they lose to Washington last year? Or no, I think not they. I don't know. They might have lost that one too. But all that to say. But they won that one. I'm not sure. No, they might have, but they also lost to, you know, USC in the Oregon State Georgia. game. They can't. Oh, my gosh. That Georgia game was awful. I was oh, talking boy. to someone the other day, and I was like, no matter how good or bad week one is this year, which, again, I think it will be very good, it can't be as bad as last year. I mean, the featured games were just awful besides the LSU-Florida State game, which wasn't even really featured last year. So, yeah. but. Back to Oregon, I think, again, Bo Nix is great. The offense is going to be great. The defense is going to be all right, but they need to close out games. So, um, for me, and for those reasons, I have them at 15. Michael, who do you have in that spot? All right, so at 15, I got a, got, I got a team that I know you really love. Staying in the Pac-12. I got to go with Utah. You know, you might think they're a little low. And they might dogs. be. My dogs. But the problem with Utah is I have questions on how healthy Cameron Rising is. I don't know if he's going to be good to go uh, week one. And I don't know if that'll carry over throughout the season. I think that's a big question mark, a real question mark, too. Outside of, obviously, that, though, I mean... Utah is a very talented team, though. Um, uh, Brent Puthie, the tight end there. Uh, obviously, he has some big shoes to fill. <laughs> but he's really talented as well. Uh, as we talked about a few episodes ago, Micah Pittman is uh, now at Utah. Which is funny. All this talk about, like, certain players not being able to play because of, like, transfer stuff. But Micah Pittman seems like he's good to go. Because he was at USC. Or, no, he was at Oregon. Um, Then he went to Florida State, and now he's at Utah. I don't know, but, I mean, he should be able to play is what I'm trying to say, but... Kind of crazy that some people aren't, but he's a talented player. He'll make some big differences. Uh, and their offensive tackle, Satoa Lameo, I think that's how you pronounce his name. He was an uh, all Pac 12 conference first team preseason. They had a lot of players on that team on both offense and defense. So, yeah, I mean, they're a talented team. I just have questions on Cam Rising's health because that will be the determiner if they're, you know, just a good team or a, a really good to a great team, you know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, so, 
at 14, uh, I have Clemson. Some people are a lot higher in Clemson. I just don't see it. Uh, obviously, Clemson has been really good in the past, and they've been to a degree good last few years, but not to their level. Uh, obviously, Clemson has a really good defense. Their linebacking room is maybe the best in the country. Them and Georgia, uh, I would probably give a, probably a slight lean to Clemson, but it's very close. Um, and they have a lot of talent in their defensive line, but they're having to replace so many starters. But the real question with Clemson is their offense. You know, Will Shipley's talented, um, but they bring in K Club or K Club Nick's the starter now, um, and they bring in uh, Grant Riley, the offensive coordinator, and I think he's going to make a big impact. But I don't know if they have the wide receivers to really take advantage of it. I mean. I just need to see them play well before I can make a decision on how good their receiving room is. But yeah, um, if they go out and show out, I think Clemson is going to be special. But I think it's going to take a few weeks before they get to that level. Yeah, I definitely think to have a feeling out process. Yeah. But yeah, moving on to my 14. This is probably going to shock a bunch of you, considering we were talking about the playoff and top teams I had this year. I also have Utah. Well, yeah, I have Utah at 14. My club is 15. Um, mm-hmm. And before you, know, you go crazy, you're like, how can you have them here? But you had them so high before. I did not know that this Cam Rising was going to linger so close to the season, maybe into the season. If Cam Rising doesn't play against Florida, I would still be kind of shocked, but they could drop that game to Florida, which is a loss they cannot afford to have. So until the until the health of Cam Rising is you know reassured to me, I can't put them higher than this, which sucks because you all already know how I feel about how good the roster is. The coaching is great. I love Mike Pittman. This team can be special, but he doesn't get enough credit as it is. Cam Rising, he has to be healthy for this team to be anything close to what they were last. So, prayers out to him. Hope he starts to get better. Um, and again, I've heard I've heard he should be cleared to play in the Florida game, but it's still a game time decision. So, you never like that with a game that big, especially week one. So, um, let's hope he can play, but. 13, Big Penix Energy, Washington. I mm-hmm. think Washington, in the same, kind of in the same boat as Oregon. Heisman level quarterback, great offense, but can they win those big games? Washington dropped some games last year that weren't bad losses, but they're going to have to win those games here. And, you know, maybe, maybe drop one to a USC or an Oregon. But, like, that's the thing. Just the caliber of competition in this division is going to be so hard for teams to just get through that. Like, not not hurt at all. I don't know. I just, I'm not as high on how good the coaching is in Washington either. So, I just think it remains to be seen, especially how the defense plays this year. A little question. Yeah. If they can, um. They can bounce back from that on the defensive side of the ball. But Michael Penix, again, there's no question he's going to have a great year. So, um, so, yeah, that's where I have Washington. Michael, who do you have at the 13 spot? Uh, at 13, I have Notre Dame. Um, they looked really good in Week 0 against Navy. Uh, I'll have to see how they look moving forward. But if they're passing game is as legit as it was in that game, then they'll be higher. There uh, will be a legitimate college football playoff 
contender. This is one of the few seasons where I think uh, an eleven and one uh, Notre Dame team could make the playoffs. Uh, in the past, I've said stuff along the lines of that they have to go undefeated because they don't play a conference game, uh, a conference championship game specifically. Uh, and I think that matters. That extra game usually pushes another team over, in my opinion. Um, but this year, their schedule is tough. I mean, they play Clemson, Ohio State, and USC. And I, I believe they play Clemson, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, they play Clemson. So, and I also think they played Duke, who is also really good this year. Yeah. So... Yeah, Notre Dame's special. I'll have to see how some other teams play in week one, but I'm not sure if Notre Dame will be 13 for long. I think they're moving up. Uh, at 12, I have Tennessee. I have some questions on about uh, Joe Milton. Um, everyone, specifically Tennessee fans, seem to be writing him in as the guy, uh, but we've seen him before these let the end of last season and he wasn't that good he got booed off the field and got replaced by Hendon Hooker obviously the arm talent is there I'll have to see if he is actually legitimate but I, despite that I mean I think this Tennessee offense is still going to be really good they have a lot of talent out there Brew McCoy uh, he's real good their defense last year was okay. Uh, like, they're a pretty decent run-stopping team. Their pass defense will have to get better, and that's going to be a big thing for them. But, yeah, I have Tennessee at 12. All right. Um, moving on to my number 12. Um, that's where I have Clemson. I'm, I'm just skeptical on them. Like, I know the talent's there. Not as much compared to other teams, but just ACC-wise. I know Dabo's going to do a good job. I don't know what to feel about Cade Klubnik yet. Like, I know the talent's there, but is he going to perform unlike he did in the bowl game? I just have too many questions about Clemson to put them in, into my top 10. So, for those reasons, I'm going to have to leave him at 12. Um, Moving on to 11. You just talked about this team as well. That's that's why I have Tennessee. Um, and yeah, I kind of have to agree. I don't, I don't know if I'm if I'm a Joe Milton believer yet. I believe the arm strength is there. I mean, he might have the most arm strength by a person in college football this year. But the decision making is going to be huge. We don't know how much it's improved. I think Hype is going to give him the reins, which might not be the greatest idea. And what I mean by that is. He's just not going to try to micromanage. He's going to try to let him play free. I do know, like I do know, the team likes to get behind Joe Milton. They love him a lot. So this could be another really great year for Tennessee, but we just don't know until we see that quarterback play. So for those reasons, I have him at eleven. Michael, who do you have in that spot? Uh, at eleven for me, I have Oregon. Uh, I think Bo Nix is legit. I think. He will have a Heisman campaign. I don't know if he'll win it, but I think he'll be a um, like in that like competition. Like, I mean, obviously he's really good. Uh, which is funny that we were talking about like week uh, one his game against Georgia. Uh, I don't know what it is. Like Bo Nix was really good last year, um, and maybe with some like growing pains, but. I don't know. I mean, I, I think when he closes his eyes at night, he gets nightmares of Georgia. I'm not sure. Because the Bo Nix in that game and the Bo Nix for the rest of the season, it was nine day. Um, crazy. I would have loved to see the Oregon of halfway season play Georgia. That would have been a great game. Now, I know yeah. you were saying Georgia, and I agree they won. But it would have just been. Yeah, um, but yeah, uh, or again, they're still a really talented team, and um, 
They had a really good uh, transfer guy. I can't. Um, Oregon. Uh, yeah, a, a John G. Cornelius. He was the transfer oh, yeah, yeah, offensive yeah. lineman from Rhode Island. And say whatever you want about Rhode Island, but uh, there was a lot of teams that really wanted him. He had a lot of offers, and he chose Oregon. I think Oregon's offensive line is going to be good this year. And that's going to be huge for Bo Nix and keeping him healthy. I think a lot of it would come down to their defense. Uh, Dan Lanning is known for the defensive end. That's what he coached at Georgia. And I think Oregon will take steps to get better on defense. I don't know if it's there yet, per se. Uh, also, the loss of Kenny Dillingham, their offensive coordinator, who took the Arizona State head coaching job. I think that's something that people need to bring in to account. Um, but I think if Oregon, I mean, they have some stuff that would tell me they're legit. And I think if they're able to win some big games, who knows? But yeah, so I have Oregon at 11. Uh, and then my top 10, uh, it's the same as it was when we did our top 10 video. Uh, I'll run down over it real quick. I know yours has changed. Uh, but so for me, it's Washington 10, Texas 9, USC 8, Penn State 7, Alabama 6, Florida State 5, Ohio State 4, LSU 3, Michigan 2, and then Georgia at 1. Um, yeah, so that's my... Uh, top 10. If you want explanations of everything, go back and watch that episode. Um, I guess the only thing I'd add right now is USC. Um, I have uh, questions on their defense. But I had questions you know, coming into it. And their offense is still really, really good. And Lincoln Riley has shown in the past that he can win games by only playing on one side of the ball. Sure. I don't know why he wouldn't just try and get a competent defense, but he doesn't. I don't know. Maybe it's a, a culture thing. Yeah. Uh, maybe he just doesn't want to think about it. And that's why Alex Grinch has been there so long. Who knows? But, uh, yeah, so that's my top ten. So, Toby, you can go over your rest of your – rankings yeah um it's slightly different um you know some things have changed about what i'm seeing some injury stuff just a couple of games that i've watched um again switched up a little bit mostly the same team um at 10 i have let me see if i had them top 10 actually i don't think I actually I didn't know I have Notre Dame at ten right now. I think that if Sam Hartman can stay healthy, this is going to be a really well well coached team, and I think they can build on what they did versus Navy. Then nine I have Texas, eight Florida State, seven USC, six Penn State, five Alabama, four LSU, three Ohio State, two Michigan, one Georgia. For a lot of the same reasons um, that I have some of these teams, again, switched around a little bit, but most of it are the teams except for Utah. Except for Utah, there's the teams I had top 10. So if you want explanations on that, you can go back to that episode. But, um, yeah, that's my top 25 this year. Um, at least the preseason top 25. Next year, it yeah. could bounce around a little bit, especially with... um. Especially with that Florida State LSU game, that's gonna be crazy. Um, there's no oh, way it's as good as it was last year, especially with that blocked extra point ending. But um, yeah, Michael, how do you how do you feel about your top twenty five this year? Do you think it's gonna get shaken up a lot? Do you think a lot of the teams are gonna stay the same? Maybe a different order. How do you feel? Uh, yeah. I mean, overall, I feel pretty solid about my list. Um. If I'm being honest, that like three 
to like 13, you know, from LSU all the way down to Notre Dame, I think any of those teams could like finish around like in any of those odds. Like if like at the end of the year we're looking at it as like Georgia, Michigan, and let's say Texas and like Penn State or I, I don't know, you know, in that list, then who knows? Um I think there's a lot of variance in this that can happen. Uh I think we're in for a really good college football season. I agree. Um our last our last segment of the show. Um we were gonna do our top three, but I just think how long our twenty five went. I think we should we should just each pick our game that we each think is gonna be the most exciting week one. Um thankfully we each have a different one. Michael, I'll let you go first. What game are you most excited for week one? Um for week one I mean you know, obviously LSU, Florida State uh, is a game that needs no explanation for why it's exciting. Uh, it's both of ours uh, most exciting game. But, and y'all already know that, uh, how great it's going to be. And Toby might talk about that, but I'm going to talk about a different game. I'm going to talk about Duke-Clemson. That's a game that I think could be very interesting. Duke has Riley Leonard, an established quarterback who played really good last year. Clemson is bringing in a new starter in Cade Klubnik. They're bringing in a new offensive coordinator in Grant Riley. I wouldn't be surprised if Clemson, who has looked iffy in the past few um, week one matchups, if a Duke team sneaks up and ends up beating them, I think you would normally say that's crazy to think about, but this Duke team isn't the Duke team of the past. And you know what? I'm going to make it say right here, I think Duke does beat them. I don't know if I'm going to put any money on it, on their money line. Bold but take. I think Duke's going to beat Clemson. That is a bold take. Again, I think, I think Duke is also going to be good this year. But just with Clemson's experience, you really think Duke's going to come away with the win? Yeah. I think uh, Riley Leonard's the better quarterback. And I think uh, Clemson's going to have some troubles on offense. Um, and while, obviously, Clemson has a really good defense... I think their secondary is not to the level that it has been in the past. You look at that Wake Forest game where... Oh my gosh, um, they, they could not stop a fly. No, they couldn't stop anything. And I don't. I think there's a chance that the game ends up being something a little bit like that. Obviously not to the same degree. And I don't know if Clemson's offense is going to stand... like. Like, it's going to be there the whole time. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Duke wins. If Clemson does win, okay, you know, and then I'll say I was wrong and all that. But if Duke ends up winning, don't say I didn't tell you so. <laughs> all right, so what's in a game that you like? For me, um, I'm also not going to go Florida State versus LSU. I think that on paper is going to be the best game, but a game that I think might even be better. We talked about it a little bit. It's the game I've been waiting all offseason to watch week one. It's North Carolina versus South Carolina. Mm. You know, this is this is really hard for me because I love both these teams this year. I want both these teams to do really good, but I don't have a hard time picking who I want more to win because I am a huge Spencer Rattler fan. And I actually am going to go on the record saying this right now. I have South Carolina winning that game. And I'm going to put some dough on them. Shane Beamer is out on a mission to show that the end of last year was not a fluke. This team is here to stay. 
even in a powerhouse SEC. I think it's going to be hard fought, but I think South Carolina is going to get a couple more stops that North Carolina won't be able to make. I think if you look at the wide receivers for South Carolina, they already have some play time with Spencer Rattler. And I think Drake May is really going to be missing Josh Downs. So, like you said, Michael, I think the over is totally going to hit in this game. It's going to be a fun game, high scoring. Um, It's going to be everything you want in a week one game. You yeah. know? It's going to be rough. Yeah. yeah, it's... Uh, I personally think it's going to be better than Duke-Clemson, mainly for the fact that I think Duke-Clemson is going to be more of a defensive game. I do think Duke is going to win. Eh. Actually, no, I don't think they're going to win. But Riley Leonard is great. And I think Duke is going to get just some more... Some more offensive drives than Clemson, but I just think Clemson's defense is too good. Yeah. Too also, speaking of uh, you know defense, and Mike Elko, the head coach there, I mean, he's also like he calls defensive plays. I believe he was the defensive coordinator. I know at Texas A and M, and this might be Mike Elko's last season at Duke. I don't think yeah. he's going to go another season without some coach saying we want him. Yeah, uh, or some team, so. excuse me. He's doing a great but, job there. Yeah, he's doing All right. Imagine Real Jimbo cool. gets fired. And then that would be I know, just imagine that. <laughs> oh, man. All right. You think we got enough time to do our uh, conference champions? Um, what, what are we at right now? Around an hour. Um, I say we save that. For Friday's episode, because we're going to come out with our um, our first edition of the betting segment, where we can have our underdogs, our favorites, our plays of the week. So why don't we put that in there with that? All right. Yeah, so that's something for y'all, the listeners, to look forward to. Um, some plays uh, that we're looking at. And also, we're going to probably talk about um, the Florida-Utah game. Yeah, just happened. And also the Nebraska-Minnesota game, which we'll forget because this episode will come out before that game. And uh, the you know, the episode that'll come out on Friday will be after us. So the play a play that I like, an early play for y'all. Early week one play. I'm gonna go. Nebraska, Minnesota, the under. That, uh, that's a game that like there might be like uh, thirty combined points. It's going to be a very low scoring game. I believe the line's at forty four and a half. I'm going to take the under in that game. Uh, I recommend y'all do the same. Uh, this is not any betting advice. It's just plays that we like. Um, but so if y'all like it, y'all play it too. Uh, Toby, do you have any plays for Thursday? Um, I actually will play for Thursday and for Friday. Shockingly, even though the Friday slate isn't that crazy. So, for Thursday, I'm actually taking the under 42 also, but I'm sprinkling a little Nebraska money line. I think oh. Matt is going to change the culture this year, and I'm I'm a little I'm a little confident. I'm only going to put five or ten bucks on it, but I could see Nebraska pulling out the win. And then um, for Friday, this is going to be shocking. Michael, you're probably going to think I'm crazy for this. Give me Miami, Ohio to cover the 17-point spread. I, I've, been watching, I've been watching some press conferences. I know this is a bounce back here for Miami. I know they want to make a statement. But just trust me on this. Sprinkle a little bit on that Miami Ohio spread. I think it's seventeen and a half right now. I say they cover. All right. Yeah, uh, I I I do like that uh, Nebraska little play. I kind of like that too. I um, hey, you might we might I, have to you might have to tag along for it. You might have to. I might. We might but have yeah, to do it. And then, uh, you know, you know, here, here, we'll say this right now. We'll say this right now. To a lucky listener out there, if me and Michael both hit on Nebraska, 
then we will take our winnings and invest it into the design of the College Football Degenerates merch, which will be coming out later this fall. Yes. Y'all thought we forgot. We did not forget. We are going to make sure y'all got some great merch. I'm telling you. And you know what, Michael? You know what? I'm not I'm not even gonna ask you to do this. This is how passionate I am about the merch and the channel. When we first drop our mile a line of merch, we're gonna pick one random listener and we're gonna give away a hoodie. We're just gonna give All it right. away. I got it. We're gonna give it away for the culture. The big Penix energy college football degenerate culture. But this is the thing, man. If you want to, I guess you. I guess we're calling it a giveaway. I guess we're doing a giveaway. If you want to be entered into that, make sure you're following the podcast and you're following the socials. Absolutely, college football Twitter, degenerates. The Twitter, the Instagram, and the TikTok. They're going to be so active during the season. You know, I mean, life's been crazy. Great stuff. It's going to be crazy during the season, but we're locked in. We're dialed. You know. Thank you to all of you that have been listening. Thank you to those who have made it this far through the episode. For me and Michael both, I know we've said this before, but this is something we've wanted to do for a long time. And there's there's great things to come. Michael, you, you have anything to add before we close? Uh, no, I mean, it's crazy. College football, week one, it's here. Yes, we've been sir. waiting all year long. I mean, yep, it's like you know, finally made it through baseball season. You know, it finally happened. Yeah, it's like a kid waking up on Christmas, man. We got college <laughs> football games this week, man, and that's not just a few. It's a lot of. It's all of them. playing. Yep, oh, yep. Man. We got the league horse of headgear in the morning with some breakfast, and then get some wings in in the afternoon with some great football. But um, oh, man. once again, thank y'all for listening and um. Yeah, this is that's it for episode four of the College Football Degenerates. Right. Yep. Make sure you uh, listen to the uh, other episode coming out later this week. Uh, so yeah. Goodbye.